We are glad to make all of our Jcast Network podcasts free for our listeners. However, they are not free to produce and host. Please consider making a donation to Jcast Network to help support our work by visiting jcastnetwork.org slash donate. Thanks for your support. You are listening to A Taste of Romamu, a Jcast Network podcast. For more information about Romamu, please visit romumu.org. For more information about the other Jcast Network podcasts and blogs, please visit jcastnetwork.org. As a child, there was a common prank. But somehow I was the only one gullible enough who would fall for it every single time. Jessica, your epidermis is showing. Where? What? (laughs) Every time. This fear and shame that my insides had somehow been externalized, laid bare for everyone to see. The joke worked because my skin was translucent. There was no barrier preventing intrusion from the outside world, whether barometric pressure, a teasing comment, an ad for a horror film. I took it all in, not well. And truthfully, there wasn't much of a barrier preventing my insides from spilling out, for I was, let's just say, an oversharer. Oversharer, <laughs> budding overshare. Um, my mom noted that I needed to acquire a layer of Teflon, but she didn't realize it was actually to fill in. <laughs> in order to survive and thrive in the world, I needed to grow a more resilient and clear barrier of my own. There was a time, the sages say, when our skin was made entirely of light, transparent, radiant light. We were beings without need for barriers like angels, all spirit and no flesh. Just like Leonard Cohen says in our rags of light. When we were in the garden before the fall, when we stood at Mount Sinai, when we reached just for that split second, the ranks of spiritually enlightened beingness. But man, for the rest of us, beings of light we are not. And we need the skin we are in. Fleshy, sometimes opaque, pigmented, protective, and keeping the insides in and the outsides manageable. (laughs) This week, we get two parshiot for the price of one, Tazria Mitsora, and together they describe what happens when the skin border breaks down and insides begin pouring out, when what should be contained within seeps through our pores to the outside. And because we are not beings made of light entirely, when that protective layer has been breached, what do you get? Tzara'at. Rabbi David does this all the time. He goes, say tzara'at. Tzara'at. Okay, yeah, tzara'at. <laughs> it's more Rabbi David than me, but I tried it. 
Tzara'at, an obscure series of dermatological afflictions that are not well translated as like leprosy, umbrella leprosy. But in generally, it's an unsightly abscess. As Shakespeare would say, an embossed carbuncle. The word in Hebrew is sapachat, which is something that has poured from the inside into the outside. But I don't want to focus on the affliction itself or its cause. A lot has been spoken on this subject. I want to talk about the healing process that it inspires, a process of death, grief, and rebirth. Because in Tazria Metzora, the Torah gives us a map of how to mourn, how to transition, and how to begin again. And incredibly, our modern Jewish tradition makers of the Israeli kind drew inspiration from this process of death and birth when they instituted these two, these contiguous commemorations. And this week, Tazriya Mitzora of Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaAtzma'ut. Israel Remembrance Day or Memorial Day, a day of grief and loss that transitions in a split second to Yom HaAtzma'ut, a day celebrating Israel's independence from loss and grief one day into renewed life. And all these rituals... <laughs> I want you guys to be my posse. I wanted like these young women of Romamu. <laughs> like the chorus. Because <laughs> you are fierce. Oh, okay. <laughs> Annabelle. <laughs> All right, where were we? Uh, you, she upstages every time. You're so. <laughs> all right, back to loss and grief, to renewed life. And all of these rituals begin at the border, our skin. All right, as soon as you notice something on your skin that might, might be tzara'at, you go straight to the Kohen, the priest. The priest gives a diagnosis, it's Tzara'at. So what happens immediately, you've got to leave the community. Pack your bags and go to a place that's at least three encampments away from your home, according to Rashi. And as you leave, you shout, Tameh, Tameh. Whenever another person comes near you, you say, Tameh, Tameh which literally means ritually impure or spiritually unready, which is the definition of my teacher, Rabbi Nechemia Polin. But you're saying, get away from me. Give me space. I need to be alone. Throughout the book of Vayikra, lots of people acquired different types of tum'ah, different kinds of spiritual unreadiness or impurity. And they're obligated to leave the camp for a time. But they go to another camp 
outside of the community, outside of town, and they can be together. People who have Tum'ah, you go away, you're still, you can still be in community with others, and then you come back in. But not so for somebody who has Tzara'at. Only of the Mitzorah is it said, Badad Yeshev, Mechutz Lamachane, Badad. Not just alone, completely isolated and alone, disconnected from others, from family and community, not even allowed to be in the separate camp for those who are taking a break for impurity or ritual unreadiness. And so you're alone, you're outside the camp. It's quiet with just your own thoughts. You rend your garment like a mourner. You leave your hair unkempt like a biblical mourner. And you sit in a kind of shiva. But instead of being surrounded by people who love you and know you, as we sat in the two shivas this week in our community, instead of being surrounded by love, you are sitting in shiva alone. You are both the mate and the avil. You are both the mourned and the mourner. And when you're mourning for yourself, you can't be surrounded by others. When you are shedding your skin, when you are molting, you need to be alone. You're grieving the part of yourself that must be left behind, but that you really don't want to ever forget. Or perhaps the aloneness points to something else, something that David Grossman shared this week at a ceremony in Tel Aviv for Yom Hazikaron, at a special ceremony gathered every year in Tel Aviv by Combatants for Peace and the parent circle of the Bereaved Families Forum, a ceremony that honors Israelis and Palestinians who've been killed in the conflict. David Grossman said, I know that within the pain, there is also breath, creation, doing good, that grief does not isolate, but also connects and strengthens. Here, even old enemies, Israelis and Palestinians, can connect with each other out of grief and even because of it. But in my experience, even when you are at the heart of the pain, you should remember that every member of the family is allowed to grieve the way they want, the way they are, and the way their souls tell them to. No one can instruct another person how to grieve. It's true for a private family, and it's true for the larger bereaved family. I thought of this teaching the next day as I sat on the phone with a member of our community whose husband died a month ago. She felt the expectations of society acutely. Shouldn't she be ready to be back at work and full on the way she used to be? Shouldn't it hurt less as time goes on? But there are no shoulds in grief. As David Grossman said, everyone grieves the way their souls tell them to. Back to the Mitzorah. The one with skin affliction must go through this grieving too. But the process doesn't end with grief. Just as in this one week, 
we can contain both Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaAtzma'ut. For the healing process to be complete, the Mitzorah begins a ritual of rebirth, of reintegration, return to life and community, and she begins to regenerate the parts of herself that had been shed. I was talking to my dad about this earlier today, and for him the, the connection was just as Ashkenazi Jews name our children for those we have lost in order to keep their, their souls, the flame of their soul alive, that we are rebirthing the name and the soul. So the Mitzorah must bring a unique offering, a sacrifice. And in Hebrew, the word for sacrifice comes from korban, or drawing close. The priest approaches with two doves in his hand. One of them he slaughters over a bowl of maim chayim, of living water, and the blood of the dove mixes in with the water. He then adds acacia wood and hyssop and red materials all into this mixture. And all of those elements were in the building of the Mishkan, were used for building the Mishkan, the symbol of community, the symbol of divine connection. He holds the bird, the living bird, in one hand and applies, almost paints this mixture, the blood of the dead bird, the living water, and the elements of the Mishkan onto the wings of the living bird. Do you get this? And he turns to the Mitzorah and he takes the same mixture that he just painted onto the wings of the bird and he sprinkles it on to the Mitzorah. He then takes the bird to an open field, releases her to fly home. And the one who was Mitzorah returns as well to family, to community, with renewed life, with a stronger skin, able to protect and coat like the wings of the bird, fortified to withstand the elements. The 19th century Hasidic Rebbe of Ger, the Sfat Emet, teaches us what strong, healthy skin looks like, how to keep our boundaries supple and dewy, if you will. While we aren't made of light anymore, we have to let light in. Our outer layer of skin, our boundaries must be porous, permeable, and resilient. Our skin and heart must be open to receive nutrients from the sun and from light reflected in each other's faces and from touch. Porous enough to breathe in and out. Because the boundary between Yom HaZikaron and Yom HaAtzma'ut isn't fixed. The memory, the grief, the love will flow into the celebration and the celebration will spill into the grief. There is no firm end date to grief or to celebration. But having grieved, having been in isolation, when the Mitsura returns to her family, her skin is stronger, resilient and porous. She sees with new eyes, with deeper appreciation for life and with her own wings forever connected to that bird returning home.